Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Sam Gash. I'm here this week. Uh, you can find me on Blue Sky at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H, or on Instagram at Ideal Remake. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. That's a little Keylex and Keylore for you. Uh, today, we are talking about minute number 187 of Zack Snyder's Justice League Part 6, Something Darker. The minute's going to start out with the Flash making a joke. You know, it's been a minute and and then some since we've heard some jokes in here. So it's very well, uh, very well deserved. The minute's going to end... Uh, with Superman walking through the Kryptonian scout ship 0344. I'm so sorry. I was uh, just distracted for that entire time because I didn't realize that this minute actually moved into that, oh, you're fine. that moment. So, uh, yeah, minute's going to end with Superman back in his Kryptonian ship. And uh, boy, is it a doozy. Yeah. Well, let's kick it off. I mean, we... we st- <laughs> What we talked about in the last minute, we talked about um, what the plan is supposed to be is that this defensive dome is going to come down thanks to Batman. Cyborg is going to connect to the mother box and then the Flash is going to help Cyborg connect to it. And how is he going to do that? With the power of love. Yeah. It's and the then power says, of love. Do, See, this was do, the thing. I made do. a... I, I think I posted on Twitter back when this came out. Um this was honestly one of my favorite moments within this whole movie because of just that line of dialogue and everything that kind of surrounded it. Um, yeah, the obvious reference to Huey Lewis and the news and to Back to the Future. And the whole point of that movie was a kid going back in time, you know, with the well, power gotta, of love. And, you gotta and, go back in time. Yeah, and, and Huey Lewis is is right right there, so... The Flash does the same exact joke as if he just finished watching Back to the Future. And then, you know, my tweet was like, yeah, he says, like, with the power of love. And then, spoiler alerts, Flash does end up manipulating time within this movie. And it made so much sense to me. And it was like, uh, there's the writing. That's that's the little quip that I needed. I needed you guys to open up the door and say, like, look, we get it. We're going to throw in this little highly big time nail on the head joke in reference to uh, you know time travel in this sense um so on- honestly i think it was th- the one tweet that like was really i couldn't wait to just send out was sitting there little grubby little fingers just like oh i'm gonna every- everybody's gonna love this it got what three likes because i'm popular yeah of course <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, i mean way to brag i <laughs> Uh, nowhere near the whole uh, Britney Spears it's toxic one because that was that's top tier internet in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a blatant reference to uh, you know a, a thing a power and ability that Flash does and uh, you know he ends up doing at the end of this movie, and it felt really good to me. I don't know if anybody else was like, yeah, I get it. I'm like oh yeah yeah that's cool. It's like no. He doesn't, he's not even saying like, oh, I got to run back. I got to do a back to the future. It's like, no, no, no. He's referencing just the power of love. Just the song that you're supposed Mm -hmm. to go, 
Oh yeah, Back to the Future. Oh yeah, time travel. Oh yeah. <laughs> to to us, it's a reference. Like to for Chris Terrio to write it and be like, you know, he's gonna say that with with the power of love. To us, it's like, oh, it's a Huey Lewis in the News Back to the Future and it's an time travel joke reference. Yes, in and, the but universe. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do like. Hey, have you I guys really... seen that really old movie, Back to the Future? Yeah. Oh, back. <laughs> there you go. It's kind of like oh one gosh. of those things where it's like, yeah, but I'm, you know. I'm I had this <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. in that sense where it's like you make one reference and I'm kicking you out of the spaceship. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah I get it. You don't have to. <laughs> Sam, Sam, have you done that movie yet? Which movie? Back to the Future, an ideal remake. Yeah, Scott was on it, that. We did that season one. Oh, uh, okay, so that, okay. that's an old, old episode, uh, and it's still trying to like figure out what ideal remake was going to be. It's that the episode is so old. I still had a co-host at that point. Ah, ah I see. I see. And I yeah. hadn't settled on the rule of it has to be a movie and we're going to turn it into a movie because Scott came on and basically pitched a Back to the Future TV show. Oh, interesting. Which, I mean, for someone who has his PhD in Back to the Future, he pitched a good TV show. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking, you know, like at some point when they do make a Back to the Future remake, like, will it be Scott? You know, the- yeah. Well, the year 2035, and then if he goes back in time, we end up in 2015. And to us, it'll feel like going into the past. I mean, can you imagine 2015? That's a different world. That I just like. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. That would be right before the year. Uh, <laughs> I know our, it, it's that... right. It's right before Pokemon Go came out. The world was different. Yeah. Oh, the year 2016. Yeah, it was very different. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so he has, yeah, going to the year right before the year 2016. Perfect. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Can you say that Superman's zoo is way more boring in this version? If he just has outfits. I mean, if I had a zoo, I'd have things that move. Um, he hasn't yeah. collected them yet. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you got you got to go beat up the collector, some sort of space egg man, take his stuff, and then look at it forever. Uh, yeah, he, Mongol. We ha- Mongol was the guy that does the uh, whole menagerie of things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For the man uh, who has everything, right? That's the episode. No, that's different. So the man who has everything, he brings the black dahlia. Uh, not the black dahlia. It was something like that. The, the flower the that makes yeah, 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 that, yeah, that gives yeah. you heaven. No, uh, it's a it's an episode from Superman the animated series where. So, there's a guy who collects the last of the, of every species. Yeah. So he collects mm-hmm. collects the last Kryptonian. He collects uh, Lobo, the the biker guy. Mm-hmm. And he pays Lobo first, right? He to he hires Lobo to cap- capture Superman, and then he also captures Lobo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's and I think he's just like the space collector, mm-hmm. and like I, all of this, all of the things in his ship are the last of their kind. And then Superman doesn't know where to bring them all, and so he brings them all into his fortress of solitude and and makes a mana- makes a zoo. I think for <laughs> not to be too real about the, the 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 way the DC universe carries itself, but it would almost be like if if this scout ship here had a menagerie, it would just be all of Earth's animals, and they'd be like, "Wow, look at all these exotic animals!" It's like, "Oh yeah, the giraffe, yeah, that's every real exotic." He, he, <laughs> oh yeah, the zebras that he like flew by that one time in Man of Steel. I guess he just picked, he circled back and picked one up. Like, okay. I mean, yeah. you want to make Steppenwolf seem really evil. He has a whole uh, menagerie of Earth's uh, Earth's living creatures, and then he does a class to, for the 
He, all right, class, settle in. Pair of demons, grab your seats or uh, your hooks to, to hang from. Either way. Huh? Uh, today, I'm going to be doing a class on how to kill each individual uh, living creature on Earth. Step one, this adorable puppy. And then everyone hates him. And, yeah, and, then... and that we know he's a bad guy. And then Perfectly cut to later and he's like, you can't kill the puppy. It's too sweet. Yeah. Everyone loves the puppy. We're going to yeah. bring these back to... Uh, to apocalypse and everyone's gonna have one but and everyone's gonna want one but they can't have one because it's mine and that's gonna be the true torture that they're not ever gonna be able to comprehend oh he's so evil <laughs> so evil <laughs> it's either that or cats right the internet if you do anything to cats you're just immediately canceled yeah so. you can't do it and you also couldn't do it in the movie because people wouldn't go see the movie that's why you have yeah. to do the joke oh, of, like yes, you can't do it but then do it. but then that's the torture they want the puppy but they can never have the puppy you <laughs> fiend Oh, we're we're making the same movie is what I'm saying. And yeah, we're making yeah, yeah. a billion dollars at it. Just yeah. Steppenwolf there with like a little cocker spaniel. Uh, just a big floppy ears. <laughs> That's how you do it. Uh, so... a, par- a parademon with a baby Bjorn, but there's a corgi in it. A baby oh, Bjorn. God. Oh. <laughs> but he's, you know, the corgis are just so chunky. So just like. Yeah. They're just so chunky in that viewer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the little feets and the little puffs coming out next to the feets. Where's that movie? Where is that? Is movie? that what James Gunn's gonna do? I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. You know, I think um I, I think not to say that it'll happen, but I think Superman Legacies, I think we'll see a lot of that like let's have fun with it type of thing. Like we you know the Superman uh, I don't want to say like mythos, but like the universe of Superman being like of Metropolis and the Daily Planet and Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen and all that. I mean, that kind of mythos, not like the mythos of like Krypton. But I think that's something what we'll see in Superman Legacy is like you already know the painted picture. Now we can play around with with something like that. Like, if, yeah, kind of um, what uh, My Adventures with Superman did. We, you know exactly. the legacy. Let's play around with it a little bit. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I and I really love that show. Um, I, I what I like about my adventures with Superman is how it can do both, and that's why I've I've really pitched that show to a lot of people. Like, please go watch it because it has both. It has like your like, oh my god, I'm so in love with like all these characters. But then Superman has these moments of like, I'm gonna go straight up Dragon Ball Z when I fight these people and it's like, Oh, that's really cool. And so that's what I really like about that show is that how it's able to be both like fun and colorful and cutesy and like heartwarming. And then it's also get, it has like this badass side of it of like, this action is really cool and entertaining and highly energetic. And I just, um, I just like that show so much. Um, but here <laughs> going back to the exposition talk, um, with the power of love joke and with Barry, like, um, or cyborg saying Barry to like just kind of cut that te- that kind of humor. Um, we then get the the explanation of like this kind of supercharged um, conduit that Flash will be for the mother box, and there's some other kind of technical stuff that Batman says here. And then, as you talked about, excuse me, as you talked about Sam, we come here to the scout ship where Superman, who's just recently resurrected, um, is coming back to the scout ship. For some sort of, uh, I guess he's coming for a new suit, or I don't know, just to, to reconnect with uh, his Kryptonian part. Um, what's your guys' take on on Superman here in this in this minute? 
Sure seems sad. Uh, walk in the hallways, barefoot, cold floor. Um. Yeah, it seems like he's. Uh, it's. It seems like the only. Uh, it's like I want to say it's like okay he he's got to like go back here and do the thing like connect to my roots and stuff but that can't the last time we saw him he was like I gotta go they need me they need my help you know so I have to go my planet needs me yeah exactly Whoop! so he he <laughs> he goes <laughs> and then he ends up just coming right back directly here um it makes sense in my head that he is like retracing the team's steps where he's like okay maybe they're still back at at the scout ship because i kind of kind of left them there at least in that area i mean left them at heroes park i didn't think about that that's actually really good. so it's like okay let me just go like back and meet up with my friends because that was the last place that they were at um and hopefully they're still there hopefully they're <laughs> still there uh oh b- uh, by the way while i'm here i could pick up a new set of clothes um instead of stealing them <laughs> instead instead of just going to the next you know close close line that's that's out in the open in in maine because they yeah. hey i i know that house has my size so i can just go back to go back to the jeffersons you know they're <laughs> uh yeah, it's 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 a it's a cold environment here. I mean, we obviously the the scout ship has always kind of had like this alien feel, and it has like the the fog machines going off in the background. So it all seems very cold, and uh, it, it, in 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 all ways, how cold it feels to be in this scout ship. And then you start seeing this legacy of different suits. I mean, we've had like the explorer suit. And then we have kind of like the armored Kryptonian knight suit. And so you start seeing all these different suits from Man of Steel. And as it like comes to more ceremonial and like the royal suits, um, you start seeing him walk through it. And then there's also that dialogue that comes from his father as he's starting to walk up. And so you kind of get like this kind of Man of Steel homage where it's like, hey, remember all the stuff you liked about Man of Steel? It's all here in this moment here. Um, we're gonna get a, gonna get a bunch of quotes from both your dads, but neither of your moms. It'll be fine. Yeah, because that's I mean, Man of Steel is all about their father figures, and then Batman v Superman was all about the mother figures. So there's always like the, there was a, the first one was very paternal, and then the second one was very maternal, and then this one, this movie's all been about like the children, like the next generation of like Wonder Woman and Cyborg and Superman, like what how they then go the on to, and the Flash. Um, so yeah, the, the way it kind of orchestrates this trilogy of like, oh, okay, so we're, we're going to go back to Man of Steel and you're going to hear back from both of your fathers, uh, Jor-El and Jonathan Kent or Paul Kent, if you will. Um, and I will. <laughs> and so you have this here. And so, um, this was a scene that in the 2017 version of Justice League, it wasn't in the movie, but there was a you know as soon as that movie came out everyone was just like what is this movie this movie was not what the trailers showed and there was a lot of footage in the justice league trailers that just simply weren't in that 2017 version of the movie and so immediately a lot of people are just like most of this movie is like this reshot joss whedon stuff that no one wanted to see um connected to batman v superman and so 
when the home media release of this movie came out, they said that the DVD would include um, some extra scenes that were not in the movie. And so a lot of people were thinking like that somehow just an extra scene would, would help save that movie's reception. And this was that extra scene that it had, you know, this that we're watching right now, you see uh, Henry Cavill as Clark Kent, he's walking up the hallway, seeing all these different suits. And then he'll look at the final suit, which is the red and blue version that he'll wear at the end of the 2017 version. It's wild. I can't believe they found someone who looks so much like Agent Argyle. (laughs) I mean, younger, obviously, but like... Agent Argyle, now playing in theaters. Yeah. Is it actually by the time this comes out? I don't know, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So did it work? Did the scene fix the movie? No. no. Ah, ah, Not at all. It had a good good chance. I I don't... Because in the the scene uh, that they included on the DVD... It doesn't even have the voiceovers. It has the Man of Steel score that you kind of start to hear here, but you have him walking up, you see all these suits open, um, and then he'll get to the final suit, he'll look at it, and then it fades to black, and they'll be like, okay, that was the extra scene. Um, So it explains like how he gets the suit and comes back, but in the 2017 version, he still doesn't have that uh, reconnection with his... Uh, his Kent home, like him going into the home, him remembering his dad's shirt, you know, connecting with his mom. Um, it's just that he comes back to Kent Farm with Lois Lane. She says he smells good. Yeah, he says I'm he... itchy. Yeah, and then uh, quality dialogue. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. Totally. Uh, it was redone. Like they ADR'd that over what they actually say, like in this movie. Um, so they say those things, which are just really bad timing for humor for, you know, two people, you know, that have kind of been separated for so long. And so he gets to the Kent home and then it just kind of stops there. And then he shows up in the third act as Superman and says, I'm a big fan of truth, but I'm also a bigger fan of justice. And it's like, oh, he's he's just back. He's like, OK, cool. And then he saves the day single handedly. Um, and the Justice League's plan that we're talking about here just doesn't happen at all. Um, there is no plan to do any of this in in the 2017 version. They just get in there, try to fight Steppenwolf and lose, and then Superman comes in, saves the day, separates the boxes with his bare hands. And then end of the movie. And then the Justice League is is here. So in that version of the movie, also Batman doesn't want this team. He doesn't care about this team, even though he's the one bringing them together. It's very strange. It's very inconsistent. It doesn't make any sense, that 2017 version. But the idea was that like ju- the Justice League is like 0.1% these people, and then 99% Superman is the reason that it, it all succeeds. So uh, it's very strange. Um, but yeah, to, to see Superman in this moment, it's supposed to evoke like this emotion of, um, him getting his suit and becoming Superman again. There was a lot of it that we loved about just Clark Kent coming back and talking to Lois Lane and talking and being with his mother again and like being back in, in Smallville. We talked about that two weeks ago, 
And that is it's just wonderful. Or excuse me, we talked about it last week. And um, really enjoyed that. This scene here, um, I, again, I think we can talk about like this being a, a set stage that he's that Henry Cavill's just walking through. And I guess if you're if you have this familiarity with this hallway that you're just like, Oh yes, he's coming back for this suit. It works for you. Like you do feel like the sense of like, Oh, welcome back. Like I, I love, I love this stuff. Um, but besides that, I think it's the dialogue that is really working with it. Um, that was what was missing in, in the deleted scene was that to hear these kind of motivational quotes from Jonathan Kent and Jorel, I think that's what it is that brings us back to being like, Oh, I loved what David S. Goyer was writing for Man of Steel, which was like, we need to have like this more nutritional uh, dialogue for what a hero is and what Superman can learn from that and, and want to be a better person or want, yeah, not want to be a better person, but um, what it means to want to be a hero versus just feeling compelled to be a hero. And I think that's what we get from Jonathan and Jor-El. But yeah, I, Leave it to you guys. What are your thoughts on on the rest of this, Sam? Eh. <laughs> eh. I'm not gonna have an emotional connection to a space that looks like every other space that I've seen so far in the movie. There, there is nothing. Oops, sorry. Uh, same kind of color scheme. Same kind of. I mean, like it's clearly a different sort of design, but like that's only because I've been looking at it, playing constantly as we're recording this minute. Um, I don't know. It just looks like a hallway. And it's it sounds like flat. It sounds like flashbacks to some, again telling, not showing. Hmm. It's the same problem. Yeah, Nathan, I I I I like it, but it's still the same exact scene from Man of Steel. It's the same one, and I appreciate that, but also it it doesn't. It doesn't hit as emotionally heavy as it should because Man of Steel wasn't 20 years ago, if that makes sense. Because um, this is like still going back to step one. He's being rebirthed as Superman, and he was rebirthed uh, as the being, and then his first connection was to home and Lois and his mother, so he was rebirthed as Clark again in Kansas, and that was excellent. Mm -hmm. And then he has to go and do the same exact thing that he did in Man of Steel, which was find the scout ship, eerily walk through it, chasing echoes, <laughs> and then finding a hologram of his father teaching him about Kryptonian life and, and everything. So it's still the same exact rebirth process that he already went through and it doesn't seem like anything was lost nor was anything um obtained to get to this moment uh other than just clark's own sense of how humanity sees him and what his idea of what superman is supposed to be you know the writing wrongs for a, a farmer ghost ghost farmer in kansas um so like it it's still it's it's just all the same thing it's just there it's still man of steel nothing like i said nothing was lost nor was anything gained it's the same exact birth of superman here you know mm -hmm. 
because he's still doing it on his own accord. He's still he went back to the scout ship. He's walking through these corridors. He's walking through the closet like he is going to get a new uh, the same suit or rather a new suit. Um, And if the suit is the only thing that's gained, that's just. It it doesn't it doesn't there's no feeling, you know, it's just a cool. It's just a cool black and silver suit. So what I. What it's I just the suit to... from the comic. Yeah, yeah. It's just the suit from the comic, and that and that's going to be one of my notes for tomorrow's minute for sure. Yeah. Um, but just to wrap up this minute and and to piggyback off what Sam was saying, is this is a very selfish scene for not only the director but for the people who like Man of Steel, and what I think it doesn't do is it doesn't cater enough to the person that's on screen, which is Superman. And we talked about what we liked so much, um, or I, I did, about Smallville scene with him looking at his father's shirt. As he has a suit, he has a suit that was stabbed by Doomsday in the last film, and he died from it. And it's like there needs to be more connection to that suit again, but also in the flashbacks. So when we're looking at this scene, this hallway scene, we see all these different suits that we're familiar with because of Man of Steel. It's all these nods to us. It's like, oh hey, you remember all this stuff? that you liked it's like yeah but what about the stuff that he's remembering that he likes we need to go back to him running around with uh, a blanket around his neck and like acting like a superhero on the kent farm and you know seeing uh the flashback not just hearing it but seeing the flashback of jor-el talking about the symbol or jonathan kent in 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 the kent farm like talking about you know you you know we, we found you and you know you're from another world but you're destined to do great things like all this talking stuff but in his mind he's not really thinking about the suits like we're seeing it. he's thinking about his fathers and so there should be more of like it's fine that he's in this space because this is just how the ship looks but you can actually cut away and show those clips from those movies and and see the warmth of those scenes that the two fathers had in those scenes and like there's more you can do to connect to what he's thinking than playing it for us and like giving us our nostalgia for a movie that came out in, you know, 2013. So there is a lot more that you could do to connect with Clark Kent, like they did with Smallville, like giving him that shirt that belonged to his father, like give him his suit that got ruined and be like, you're Superman. You can be Superman again. It's like, maybe the suit itself repairs itself. Like it's supposed to do, you know, like he doesn't need to go get a new suit and be a, a black and white one, but we can talk about that tomorrow. You, lit- so. you literally just put him on his farm. You have him helping Ma Kent out with some agricultural thing. You have him planting. You, you could literally have him planting seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing all of this work. And then um, Lois shows up. Ma Kent shows up and basically, and like, you don't have to have any words. You don't have any, have to have anything. And they can literally hand him the suit, like hand him the, the cape, whatever. He can look at it. He can take the cloak, the, the the cape, he can use it to wipe the sweat off his forehead and say, all right, I'll go. And then that's it. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Or even like, Ma Kent could... Especially could... if, like, because... Wait, the problem with a lot of this is that when you treat these sorts of things as, like, holy relics, but the characters don't, if you expect the audience to treat them as holy relics, but, like, it doesn't matter. Why would he be saving Zod's suit? It doesn't matter. Like it's you, you you give him this thing it's like it, it's not important it's it's the whole jim henson like jim henson was like yeah they're the muppets but like you can toss them around it's a puppet 
Um, like literally, you can have him be like, "Yeah, this is my suit," but I'm just gonna I'm gonna use it to just like get some what I'm gonna wipe some schwitz off my head. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, at the end of the day, he's just Superman. <laughs> uh, wipes some schwitz off his head. He goes off. He has a nosh, and then he goes and does the thing. Why not? I love it. I love that. I yeah. Um, I I do think yeah. I mean, and and with the suit that he has, it, it wouldn't mean more if Ma can't like fix the hole in the suit, like. That would mean a lot. That would be really good. I like that a lot. Like literally, Ma Kent put a patch on the Superman suit, and he's just like, "Ah, oh, Ma, you know you didn't have to do that. I know, but I can't have you going into battle looking all ragged. No, <laughs> Christmas, Christmas is just around the corner. Oh boy, Santa. Yeah, I the, there's. I think there's a lot of ways you can make it more meaningful to the character. Yeah. but I think this is playing more meaningful to the to the audience and to to the director. So, oh, yeah. I, That'd be so wonderful, like having Ma Kent patch up the suit. Oh, that that's such a nice visual. I like that a lot. Why don't can we have that, please? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. We have a plan. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five star review. It really does help the show and it helps new listeners discover the show as well. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like bonus content, we have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you here next time on DC Cinematic Minute.